0: Here we come, blue and white, and we're looking good. We'll be in for a fight, and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job, and we get goals good. Looking good, we are tall, are united.
1: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Bruntwood Bugle, the one place to get your kind of fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney, and I'm Don McLean. A ding-dong with the Dons ends in three points for the Blues. We review the win over AFC Wimbledon that makes it seven home games in a row unbeaten before looking ahead to this weekend's trip to South Wales to take a Newport County where United haven't won since
0: 1988.
1: Always a little bit misleading those stats aren't they? They haven't won since so-and-so when you haven't actually played their team. Every single season, <laughs> it's a little bit naughty sometimes to do that, but well, yeah,
2: because you... Newport County only reformed in '89.
1: Exactly. I mean, to, to be fair, you did point out the fact that we've played them in every season since we've come back into League Two, haven't we? Because they are yeah, yeah. the joint longest serving team in the division alongside Mansfield Town. Yeah, that um, was just
2: when we were chatting before recording, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, it is a little quick quiz question for you, Dan. Um, so mm. obviously, the last time we beat Newport, as I mentioned, there was in 1988 in the 87 88 season, the season when Newport did go bust and basically saved our backsides <laughs> because we finished second bottom that season. So we beat uh, Newport at Newport. 1-2-1, one, one. who scored the goals that day?
2: Ooh. Let me have a think. Come back to it after the news. Give us a couple of minutes to okay, think. 87 88. Yeah, we'll, 87, Eighty-seven,
1: eighty-eight.
2: 88 Yeah, we'll do that in a second, but there you go. I think uh, I have an idea
1: on that, so... Well, well done, stop ratcheting his brains to try and think who it could be. Um, just a reminder, that the uh, once again, this season, this, the podcast has been sponsored by the Car United Supporters Club, London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Car United fans. Uh, they've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games, and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about London Branch at their website carlalondonbranch.org And obviously a reminder as well if if you don't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, you know all good podcast apps, whether it's uh Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Pocket Cast is the one that I use. You know, just click subscribe and every time a new episode comes out, you get a little alert to let you know. And you can download it to your phone or whatever device you use and listen to it on the go. Um, and if on any of these apps, you can review as well. That would be fantastic. I think the main two are Apple and Spotify. They're the ones who let you review um, podcast and we, we, I think at the moment we're like 4.9 on both of them which is very generous indeed thank you very much for that um, and also follow us on social media at Brunton Bugle on Twitter and Instagram we're on Facebook just search Brunton Bugle and click like uh, we're on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group as well um, and also you can find us uh, on the net message board as well uh, and as I always say if you want to go old school email us bruntonbugle at gmail.com Right, Dan. On to the news section. Very brief. <laughs> There's only one bit of news this week, isn't it? It's been it's been quite a quite a few weeks, hasn't it? Actually, news-wise, really not. not yeah, I
2: that, think really. with you know transfers calmed down and that, other not uh
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, the only bit of news is basically that uh, United now know who, well, not just who their opponents are, but when their first round tie in the Cumberland Cup is going to take place. So they're going to face a uh, West Cumbrian side, or Celtic, and they'll travel down the A five nine five on Tuesday. The Eleventh October for a seven thirty PM kickoff. I think that was the was it the quarter final tie last season. I think against or selzic Yeah, I think, I think
2: it's about the furthest game we can have as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because I think once you go beyond that, you get into teams that think playing. I think like Millen were playing the Lancashire Cup thing, weren't they, alongside uh, Barrow and, and teams like that. It's basically the old county setup, essentially, isn't it? Um, from before nineteen seventy four, I think it is. So. um, so, yeah, uh, like you said, it's pretty much the longest tie you can pick. And uh, Cleetham or Celtic, um, they're actually in the football pyramid these days, aren't they? Yes, they are. They're in the uh, thingy now, aren't they? They're in, is it the North West Northwest Counties, I think it is, these days? Yeah. Because they, I think they, I think they, do they play Isle of Man in their league, or Isle of Man in the other one? I, I think I they're in the southern half, because they're... Uh,
2: it's near to the airport. Yeah. It's basically because, yeah. going off topic. Isle of Man pay for travel. Yeah. For all the way teams. Yeah, I think the
1: government subsidise the team basically, don't they? Because they want to try and get yeah. a team into you know high up the pyramid and get people coming to the Isle of Man and stuff like that. And uh, so it, if you if you don't know about them already, go and have a look at because they're only set up in the no, last No, Isle of four Man are the division
2: above now.
1: Are ah, they? Right? Are ah, they got promoted yeah. fair days? Yeah. If you don't know about it, go and have a look at up because it's really interesting. Actually, what's happening there, isn't it? And it could be quite a. An interesting one if we can get them in the FA Cup in the next few years, mm. maybe. Um, I think they were knocked out quite early on this year, weren't they, sadly? They so, the, the um,
2: play at uh, six o'clock usually because it fits in with the flight and whatnot.
1: Yeah, yeah it's in quite nicely, doesn't it? And uh, I think some teams go by ferry as well, don't they, I think, from, uh, from yeah. Liverpool and Haitian. So uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, that's quiz Go on, Quiz answer. Go on, who are you going to go for? Mally Poskett. Yeah, Mally Poskett got both goals. Yeah, yeah two I, was one, just, I, was
2: just, I was just trying to think. I'm sure he was still here, 87-88. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there you go. That, that, God, that's going back a bit, isn't it, then? So 2-1 win um, in front of a crowd of 1,376. Well, wow. I mean, that's, that's how desperate football was in the 80s, doesn't it, in terms of crowds? It was very low, wasn't it? So uh, you'll remember that a bit better than me, Dan, because <laughs> you were going to games then and I wasn't. So, wow. um, so there you go. Not not saying you're old or anything, but... <laughs> um, right, let's get into the match review section then, Dan. Um, I said in the intro it's a bit of a ding-dong, and it certainly was, wasn't it, in terms of... Uh, Few handbags during the game and stuff like that, but uh, United came out on top with a 2 1 win over AFC Wimbledon at Brenton Park. Um, it, it, another game where we showed really good character to, to get a result, wasn't it, Dan?
2: Yeah, uh, it wasn't the best game to begin, no, but overall, I think we deserved it. Uh, we had more shots, more corners. They seem to be intent on having WWE wrestling matches all <laughs> over the pitch. Yeah, which didn't really work. Yeah, the referee bottled sending Towler off.
1: I mean, I've got to say, he lost control in this game, didn't he? And the thing is, I, I'm looking down through the thing, and I haven't actually put it as a talking point. I'm a bit surprised myself that I forgot to. But yeah, he he did not have a good game, Andy Haynes, did he? No,
2: no, I think that's, uh, I mean, I know we keep saying it, we don't like to have a goal at officials, but nah. good great fat was atrocious on Saturday.
1: It, it wasn't like it, there was one, I mean, oh, the fact there was one big decision that wasn't there? which we'll get onto in a little bit, but there wasn't like dozens of those like really bad decisions in that. It was just like, he just gradually just let the game get away from him. That was the problem, wasn't it? And there was niggly fouls going all over the place. And like you said, he, he should have sent Talder off. He really should have done, but he completely bottled out that decision. So, uh Bit frustrating on that one, really, there, but there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, talk about the game itself then, Dan. Um, team selection, not, no massive surprise, was it that it was totally unchanged from the Mansfield game? A, a game we both agreed was a, a good performance where we probably could have got the three points. I mean, he's never, unless there's knocks or injuries, he was never going to change it, was he?
2: No, no, like, uh, like we said, I've, the first 11 sort of picked itself given the uh, various injuries in the squad yeah uh interesting
1: we didn't use a sub on saturday no no and that's down to the talking point for later as well it's, it's, mm. it's a really fair point that because it's, it's an interesting one a lot of people would be like oh doesn't really make sense that like, showed sure, you going to freshen up but you know mm. we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that um let's talk about the goals then dan because this is one where you get a chance to to crow this week don't you so um yeah Callum guy talk about unexpected goal scorers but you would suggest otherwise wouldn't you well, I knew he was due, on now, joking <laughs> apart.
2: I actually know of a Carlisle fan, I won't name him because that's not fair, who backed Callum Guy first goal in a 2-1 win last week. And wow. I think it was 155-1 to 1 or something. And he had a fiver on it for some oh. unknown mad
1: reason. <laughs> that's a nice little holiday b- sort of then, isn't it? Is it <laughs> isn't it funny? just? Wow. Seven so, and- fair play, that's that's, that's quite incredible. 7-80, seven, seven did you say, yeah?
2: I think it was,
1: yeah. Yeah, and about then, blimey. Fair play to the lads, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly enjoyed that one. Um, Yes, it it was nice to see him get off the scotchy because he does like a long-range shot occasionally, Colin, doesn't he? And 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 I'm pretty sure he's hit the bar three or four times for us and just been a bit unlucky. But this this one, actually, you know what? Because of the the quality of the final strike, people are focusing on that, but the build-up was excellent, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, well... I actually missed the goal in the flesh because yeah. <laughs> I like many people, because 'cause I'd literally went to the toilet before going downstairs outside. Yeah. So I was just at the bottom of the stairs when the cheer went up. I was like, typical. Not the first time, won't be the last. But <laughs> no, I watched uh, obviously watched it on the YouTube highlights and no, it was a it was a decent effort, wasn't it? You know, it was uh yeah. you know, it was just reward as well, I think.
1: So yeah, it was a, it's a good team move, got the ball out wide. It came to Guy actually first, and Gibson picked Guy out on the mm. edge of the box, and then he played out wide to back, got the ball back from back, and showed some nice little footwork to cut inside. And then as he was lining up, you're thinking to yourself, well, why is he even going to go here with his left foot? Oh, wait, no, it's in the back top corner. <laughs> and the thing is, I actually sat in the stand for this game, which I'll talk about in a minute, but right behind it when he hit it, and you knew straight away, keeper's got no chance of that. He hit it so well, because it's not actually that far away from the keeper, but it's so well struck. But basically, it's near enough past the keeper by the time he's started diving, isn't it? So, lo- lovely finish, and it? I think for someone who's occasionally got a bit of stick in the last couple of seasons, it was nice to see him finally get that goal, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's great stuff. Uh, frustratingly, into the second half, the first clear-cut chance that Wimbledon have, they scored. Because when I went through the extended highlights, there wasn't a single Wimbledon chance featured in the first half of it. <laughs> and this was the first one that came up, actually, as a chance for them, I think. And it was the simplicity of it that really was a bit frustrating, wasn't it? And there's been a couple of goals yeah, like yeah. this recently that maybe it's something we need to look at how how we deal with that now. It's a long ball forward, and they had Josh Davidson up front for them, who was on loan for at Swindon last season, and he caused his problems in that game. But he, he was very quiet in this one, actually, I have to say. But the one occasion he got away from Huntington and won a flicked header. And you know what? You can't expect Paul Huntington to win every single header. You've got to anticipate that maybe one or two he won't get to. So Davidson wins his header. It's flicked on beyond. And I think it's, it's a combination of Mellish and Feeney. are both caught a bit flat-footed, aren't they? They're a little bit you know caught out by uh, I think and, I think they're just expecting Huntington to win it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And you, you, like I said, that's where you've got to be careful. You've got to make sure you yeah, anticipate yeah. potentially he won't get to it. So, ball flicked on and, and the lad, Sal, I mean, he, he was quite nippy and a bit, bit chippy all day, wasn't he actually, the way, the way he played and he got himself away and it was a good finish to be fair and you could see how frustrated Thomas Hurley was. He was just like, oh, for God's sake, you know, really simple play to, to open up a goal and, and really frustrating there. But um, it wouldn't be a United game without a Christian Dennis moment, would it? No, it, it, it's our easy no. way of getting points in the Predictor league as well. That's the thing. Um, yeah, once again, the hero, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, uh, he's, he's just the best six-yard snibber we've had since Ian Stevens, isn't he? Keep Which I know, it. I know I keep saying it, but he yeah. keeps proving it right, doesn't
1: he? Exactly, and this was a, a, an absolute prime example of this, and I think Simo in the post-match, didn't he, described it as the, he got himself into the position uh, position of maximum opportunity, Pomo. So, basically... No, the don't, don't, don't be
2: bringing these <laughs> bloody... Yeah, hey. You'll be talking XG and all he's, that nonsense. Hey,
1: he... he, he a Lord and Savior is described as that. So don't don't diss it.
2: I saw I saw a new one today on Twitter. Xt
1: yeah. expected tackles. Expected fret. Fret. I mean, God. and I was like, "Good grief!" The problem is that it's all vague, and I've said this before on here. Expected goals is a good stat to use in the long term on an individual game basis. It's a useless stat. It doesn't really tell you that much. On a long term basis, over like ten, twelve, fifteen games, you can get an idea of they are a wasteful side. They need to be doing better with their chances or they're a side that's making really good use of the chances because really they shouldn't be as high as they say. So over, I think if you, there's an expected goals table, someone put up, I saw on Twitter the other day, based on that, we probably should be about fifth at the moment. So it shows that maybe we're not taking as many of our chances as we should be, which, which we know is a fact, you know, we we know that we've we've drawn too many games, so it's, it's not too bad in that sense, but let's talk about Dennis's goal. Um, Good play by Patrick on the left. We'll talk about him in a minute because he excellent second half he had. Um, cut inside from that left wing, uh, sent in a a bit of a low cross, but Jack Armour did really well. He actually started this move, so he did really well to actually get himself on the end of this. Flicked the ball onto the far post, and um, and there was Christian Dennis just alert, wasn't he? Done, but literally about a yard out, wasn't it? When he finished it to nod the ball home and give the keeper no chance.
2: Yeah, uh, right place at the right time. Still got to convert it. Uh, yeah. I think I think Jack Armour deserves it. We're, we're quite a little bit of a secret Jack Armour fan club, aren't we? I mean, mm. Finn Back's probably made the headlines of the two wing back wing backs this season. But uh Jack Armour, week to week, is getting better and better in that position for me.
1: Yeah, it and
2: it, it is it is is I think he's understanding it more, he's getting yeah. used to having a settled
1: defence, you know, it's... I think it really helps him as well, having someone like John Mellish there who will bomb forward and support oh, and yeah, effectively, yeah, yeah, overlap, yeah. underlap. So they've got a really good understanding, which is... Apparently they're really good mates off the pitch as well, which is really yeah. good to see. and, so... and
2: also when, when when Patrick plays, he will drift out left as well because he likes to cut in and beat players. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's natural outlets for armour to pass to, you know. And
3: yeah.
2: I, I, I'd just like to see him Finish one of these chances that comes on the right hand side. One yeah. week, I'm sure he uh, will. I'll, do. I'll, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he will do. And when he does, I think it'll just elevate him a bit more. Yeah, it'll give him a bit more
1: confidence. He's he's played pretty much every near enough every minute so yeah, far this yeah. season, and he? he's he's been worked to the ground. And the good thing is we've got Taylor Charles back now. And obviously, I know we we don't talk in depth or anything about the trophy games. We've, we've we've talked about that in the past. But by all accounts, he had a good game in midweek again, and. You know that that's what you want to hear. You want to hear that he's doing well and he's going to be knocking that door. And maybe you'll find, you know, when Jack runs himself into the ground for seventy minutes, say, right, go on, Taylor, you have twenty minutes here and have a good go at the the fullback. And it, it's good that we're going to have options there, isn't it? Really, that's 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 encouraging. Um, well, I mean, let's talk about some of the ch- other chances then, Dan. Um, and there was plenty for United to be fair. You know, it, it wasn't a, like a, a game where there wasn't much happening. Um, first half, I think there was a chance, wasn't there? Where there was some good build up down the left and. Melish, as he's done a lot in recent games, got himself into the box, and this time he played a really good ball across. And just frustrating there was no one there to, to finish it off, was there? And that's just, you know, just, just the way it is sometimes. Um, another one where um, some lovely footwork on the edge of the box and Dennis. Nice little dink pass into the area, and oh, Amari's got to anticipate that the defender's potentially going to miss that. I think, actually, to be fair, actually, now I'll say this again, I think the defender gets ever such a slight touch on the ball not much but enough to flick in probably put Mario off and he missed controls and it goes straight to the keeper doesn't it if he if he gets it under control that's 1-0 isn't it basically with that chance he had there yeah yeah that was a decent chance and uh well the other main chance was guy's goal which we've we touched on already into the second half i mean we'll talk about the penalty appeal in a minute um utterly ridiculous decision but there you go um i think from that penalty actually appeal um we had a corner and uh Moxon's corner in from the left, whipped into that near post and Paul Huntington got on it, but just couldn't quite get enough of a cute sort of um, flick onto it, didn't he? And he sort of powered it wide instead. That's going to give us a lot of goals this season, isn't it? That, that set piece.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair play to Wimbledon. They've done the research yeah. and they defended our corners quite well, I thought. Oh. You know, they were but they were quite a strong physical team. There's plenty of teams where we will get the chances from the corners.
1: Yeah, well, I I think I pointed out to you in a, in a group WhatsApp we're we're in um, today. Or was it today? Yeah, I think it was today. Um, there's a guy who does analytics, some excellent analytics on Newport County and their upcoming opponents. And he's picked out um, a clip of our corners against Wimbledon mm-hmm. and pointed out what a really clever routine we've got to drag defenders away from the far post and create space for. It looks like Christian Dennis is basically the one who's lurking there, isn't it? Basically looking to try and get... Yeah, the there's, stuff there.
2: there's a lot of movement from the runners, isn't there?
1: Yeah, he said it's, 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 a, it's a really, really interesting how we do it, and he also picked out a great clip from the Mansfield game of, that we, we forgot to mention in the, the the review of that game. An unbelievable throw from Thomas Holy, wasn't it? From he, from his own box, picking out Mary Patrick with his feet at his feet in in, in the opposition half. Ridiculous little bit of stuff from uh, Thomas that was, but there you go. Uh, I'm digressing a little bit here. Uh, let's get back onto the chances, um, Patrick. Do well to bring a ball down on the left, set himself with a couple of nice touches and hit a shot on the bounce that I think a few yards either side, that's in the top corner, and that's a goal, isn't it? Really well struck that shot, but mm. annoyingly it was it was literally straight out the goalkeepers. Though. Yeah, yeah. Easy for him to save. Um up the other end, uh Paris McGomer, probably one of the few sort of lively players for Wimbledon. He showed some good work on the edge of the box after Wimbledon won the ball in our half, but then his shot on the turn was well wide of Holy's goal. Um, Harry Pell had a low free kick that, um, Holy actually, I say, I said, I've wrote comfortably saved it, but actually did very well to hold on to it because there was players lurking, looking to pick up the loose ball. Um, and then again, up the
2: I, I genuinely don't get the fuss over Harry Pell. His free kicks aren't that great. I've been told that he's, he's, he's been on for free kicks,
1: he's not that great. I think in the right team, he can be a good player, but I think. He's as much a nuisance as anything. I don't... He has a bit of previous with a couple of hours from yeah. a Christmas dude, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, so... I we said that before, yeah. Um, up the other end, great work by Patrick to win the ball just inside his own half. Great run down the left, uh, cut inside, hit a curling shot. This one was a bit more tougher for the keeper, but well held again. Um, and once again, won the ball back through good pressure. Eventually made it way to Patrick on the left. He played a ball inside for Gibson, who's first time shot, he's been a bit unlucky the last couple of games has not he he's got himself into a really good position on the edge of the box and the keeper saved it and then in the follow-up it's a bit of a scramble and he i mean was he clipped or not i don't think he probably was to be honest i don't think it would have been a penalty i think it would have been a harsh penalty decision wouldn't it, i think that one mm. uh, and the Wimbledon got away and then late on long ball forward by wimbledon saw um Hoodlin, i mean he he was a big level so he, he flicked the yeah. ball on found a sal but his attempt to he tried to curl a dipping shot over Thomas Holy from. I've, I like, think he's actually hours. an inch taller than Holley. Yeah, I've not official mem- measurements online, and you can never trust these because you never show sure off the right. Say that they're both two meters six, two meters and six centimeters, right, basically. So
2: I saw one saying that uh, Huddleston was six
1: ten. I think he's six nine. I'm not. It's a weird mm-hmm. one. I'm not sure, but um, he's a big lad. I mean, he was on our side. He's a, he's a massive lad when he was coming to. When there was that little one that set two towards the end of the game, he was down there at that end, and he was trying to get the ball off Feeney. I think it was, and bloody Ellie towered over Feeney. <laughs> he was a big lad. I'm surprised they didn't bring him on sooner, really. It's a little bit of a strange mm. one, really, because they weren't really creating a massive amount. And when he came on, he did cause problems. He was, he was a big lad. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the, the chances summed up, isn't it, Dan? I mean, very few for Wimbledon, some really good ones for us. Just need, once again, just need to be a little bit more clinical with some of them, don't we? That's the, that's mm. the big issue at the moment. Um, I
2: can't wait for this week when it clicks. It, I mean, because <laughs> when I'm, it does, it's, we keep saying three or four, it's going to end up six or seven. I know, I'm
1: trying to think, like, who's the game coming up that potentially, I mean, Hartlepool away? Imagine, I mean, you'd enjoy that certainly. We'll, we'll touch on that later, obviously. There's a bit, bit of it in the X Files. I don't think i put that in, actually, so <laughs> you'll have to remember to say that bit in the X Files. Um no, I'm not. I know you want. I'll do that bit if you want. Um, right, well, should we do our 60-second reviews then? Um, this week, we've got Craig Robson and our, one of our regulars, Greg Ballman uh, has dropped us one as well. So, young Craig is the first one up, so here's what he had to say.
3: Hi, it's me again. This is my 60-second review for the game on Saturday against Wimbledon. The game started with a sad moment for the m- minute silence for the Queen. The sadness carried on in the first 44 and a half minutes, except for the Patrick Chancer from Mellish's messy moment, dribbling in the box before across the no one gone to the end of. Many people think that Patrick's chance was an absolute sitter, that he somehow tragically missed. But if you look at it on the pitch side blues, you can see that he thought the defender was getting the ball before him, so it more hit him in the chest more than he tried to control it. There were a few chances, but the better ones fell to Carlisle. Then after 175 games, Guy finally gets his first EFL goal, and it wasn't a bad one either. A left foot shot, Joe drilled into the net. Surprising guy, as well as the crowd. Then typical Carlisle Luck strikes again, and we concede a very poor goal. I don't like to put the blame on certain people, but th- but it was Mellish's fault. He didn't follow his runner, letting him run behind after the after hunting to miss the header. Then from that point on it was a bit more even of a game, but I still think we were slightly on top. Then we started getting a few chances then and then few chances start to turn into a Danish goal. After some decent play from Patrick, who's looking like he's getting back into form. A certain penalty missed by the ref who had a terrible game. Wimbledon lucky to still have 11 men on the pitch. But then it was just about seeing the game out and stealing the win. And we did. And finally, my man of the match would be Guy. A good performance as well as the goal. Up the Blues.
1: Good assessment once again from Craig, wasn't it? I'll, I'll tell you something. Craig will be hosting this with us <laughs> in a few years' time. <laughs> Probably, yeah. We'll,
2: a- we'll have excellent to point time. about the handball.
1: Yeah, well we'll, well, we'll touch that in just a sec. I'm just going to say, mm. I, I did enjoy his bit of saying, I don't like to put the blame on someone. But <laughs> yeah. I'm going to blame John for this one. Man. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. we, we did some. We said for it, was yeah. both yeah. Mellish and Then there. And he gave Callum Guy his man of the match, should be noticed. Uh, the the whoscored.com website also had, had him down as man of the match.
2: And uh, some, something I was going to uh, mention, which uh, I think you possibly got in the thing, Amari Patrick uh, looking a bit more like
1: the old absolutely absolutely should we talk about the penalty first let's mm. talk about that decision. now i'm baffled how this hasn't been given so for those who haven't seen it go and dig out on the the club's youtube and i think it's on a few other bits as well so essentially but ball sort of on the left hand side of the box playing it about and um i think was it patrick tried to play the ball back into the box i think it was i think he got the ball from Armour. it was either patrick or Armour. i can't remember which one it was now and the ball basically is the ball comes up i think Chris Gunter tries at first with his right arm to appeal for something. Maybe the ball going out. Um, in fact, yeah, I think it was Patrick who played his arm, wasn't it? He sort of tried to dink it in. And he tried to claim the ball had gone out with his right arm. But then his left arm was up as well. And he turned and looked to block and basically he hit his hand. And his arm was not in a natural position and it wasn't super close either, was it? Now the ref's seen this contact because he's given a corner to us. How can he not give a penalty for that?
2: Yeah. It was one of the clearest in a long time for me.
1: Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it, it takes me back to... Uh, I'm going back a bit here. Some of the younger fans won't remember this. but Do you remember that game against um, Southend, Dan, where we got a penalty given against us for that handball on Adam Rundle years ago? I think it was like mm. a low free kick came down. It hit Rundle's foot and bounced up onto his hand. Now, that was given as a penalty. Now I know the rules have all changed since then, but if something like that's given a penalty, how can that not be? It, it's madness. It, it was so obvious and it, it's lucky it didn't cost us the three points in the end, but I mean, an experienced official of 16 seasons in the EFL should be spotting that, shouldn't they? Yeah. It's it's just, just really frustrating. Like you said, he missed a few of a bit and he, and he lost control. I mean, at the end, that little bit where Feeney was being a little bit immature and not giving the ball back to huddling and that, but that all came from him just losing control of the game, didn't he? And, and he just, he just kept letting things go. And then when he had started actually giving bookings and stuff, he had no choice to give more, didn't he? So not a great performance from that referee, I think it's fair to say. Um, well, I mean, quickly, let's, let's talk about the Patrick point that uh, you mentioned there, Dan. I mean, quite his first half for him. Second half, um, looked a little bit stronger, didn't he? he? He looked a little bit more like the, the player we know, didn't he? He, he, he? I think a tactical change certainly helped things, didn't it, I think, moving to the... Um, the four three uh three instead of the five five two I should say rather than five three two. And um and he just you got the best out of him that left wide position, didn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean he's is he a striker or left winger? It's a big conundrum, isn't it? Cause yeah, he's a winger. He's, you know, he's played both sort of thing, hasn't he? It's mm, But it's I think the switch to four three three. Sure that we do have a bit of flexibility with the
1: players yeah. we've got. Yeah, definitely made a difference, didn't it? The, the, the switching to that, and he was just playing with a bit of confidence, wasn't he? That was the key thing. He was getting the ball, and you could see him. And he's like, "Right, I'm my job now. I don't have to worry about the centre backs. I'm going at this full-back. I'm going to take him every time, and two or three times he got past him, didn't he? Yeah, and that's the difference. That's the big difference. And it, I suppose, it does open a real big question, to Simo. What do what do you do here? Because actually, because Melish moves into midfield, and actually, Melish played well again in midfield, didn't he? I think mm. he, he's so adaptable now; he can just do a job whenever you ask him to. He can't he's, he's a really good the, player. In that sense. The, the big
2: problem is he came off after thirty odd minutes midweek in the, the games we don't talk about.
1: <sighs> yeah, that, that's that's the worry, you isn't know? so that'll come in the preview yeah. section. But yeah, it's, it's 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 a frustrating one, really, at the moment. But um, but yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Great performance from Marion and, and and you know. We want to see more of that. We want to see him do it again. Definitely. Okay, Dan, shall we get on to the next six second review then? Uh it's one of our regulars, it's Greg Bullman. He's uh he's dropped us a six second review and as ever I'm sure this will be as entertaining as uh it's mm-hmm. always been.
0: Hi Ali. It was a really uh entertaining and pleasurable experience on Saturday because you went to the East Stand rather than the paddock. <laughs> so um I really enjoyed that. Um getting to the match, the first half was, like all the other first halves that have been lately, it was a bit of a drab affair um, until the goal went in. I, I called the goal. I said we were going to score before half-time and it happened and a cracking goal by a guy that it was. Um, referees been taking a lot of stick online. Um, I thought for the first half, how he did okay and then he was absolutely abysmal. Um, Their number 12, he got subbed off before, he got sent off and Harry Pell should have been sent off twice. Um it, he was he was just a fug. He he's not a footballer. He is a disgrace of a footballer, is Harry Pell. Um but no, a pleasing win and um let's hopefully get keep it going. I thought the defence looked solid apart from the goal that we, we conceded Um Finback had a good game again. So yeah, all very encouraging.
1: Thanks for that, Greg. <laughs> little <laughs> little dig at me for my little move. I'll, I'll talk about that in just a minute anyway. But interestingly, he agrees with you on Pell quite strongly, doesn't he? He's, a, mm. he's not much of a fan either. The, the point about that tackle he made on, I think it was on Moxon. I think it was Offini. I can't remember it was on, on the left-hand side. He actually won the ball in that cycle. That was right in front of where I was sat. And I, when I first sorry, I thought, oh, it's a bit, little bit rash, but he's won the ball, so booking makes sense. I don't think it was a red card personally, but others may disagree with me on that one. I don't know. But um, but yeah, no, it's a fair assessment, that isn't it? You know, he's a. I like how he says, "Oh, I, I called the the girl. Well, I wasn't there to hear it, Greg. For once, so you, you you can't claim that. Um, but yeah, not much you can disagree with there from what Greg said, is there, Dan? I suppose. Um, no, not at sure. all. No. Um, looking at some of the other talking points I picked out. Um, no subs. Let's talk about that one Obviously, you mentioned it earlier. Um, quite surprising. The funny thing is even sitting there I wasn't thinking to myself we need fresh legs here we desperately need fresh legs I was thinking I was looking at the bench thinking okay we've got players there but the ones on there are doing okay actually so mm-hmm. sometimes you can make a change just for the sake of it can't you really and Simo Simo strikes me as someone who's smarter enough now to know you know what I don't need to make a sub here they're playing well as a unit let's, let's stick with it
2: yeah but it's also a good way of wasting time very late on true
1: True. You know, I'm, I'm I'm talking
2: into injury time, and you like, you know, yeah. and, you know, you can you can make that many now. You can you can waste half of injury time. Yeah, definitely.
1: No, no, it's a it's a fair point. To be fair, that like Dan, I wouldn't disagree. Um, I mean, let's talk about um, one last point before we t- we look at the uh, the league two round up, and I'll talk as well about why I was in the East End. Um Fortress Brunton Park seven games now without defeat at home. In fact, if you stretch it back a bit further to when Simo took over, it's now just two defeats in the last 12 at home. That's an impressive record, isn't it? it? Not bad going at all. At the end of the day, if you get your results at home and you pick up the odd one away from home, you're going to be right up the table, aren't you? That's what they always Win say. Win at
2: home, draw away, and you're never ever far away. That's what they say.
1: Ooh, a nice little bit of poetry there. So, certainly, the best bit of football poetry I've heard in a while. I think it's fair to say because <laughs> you listen to much football poetry. <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking more some of the ones you that have been, some of the ones that have been read out in court recently, shall we say? So, um, so yes. Um, yeah, before we do the Elite 2 uh, thing, i just, yeah, just to explain. Yeah, I wasn't in my usual place in the East Stand the weekend. I was in, sorry, in the Panic. I was in the East Stand. First time I think I've been in there since, I think, a game when we played Oldham in the season we went down. I seem to remember I went in there for a game for some reason. I'm not sure exactly why. But yeah, so it was about eight years at least. In fact, no, yeah, have eight or 11. Anyway, been a while since I've been in there. Um, Setup's all quite good, in there, actually? The the, the the kids zone thing, because obviously i my niece and nephew there. Um, looked really good, actually. I've, I've never been in it before. It was quite in- good to see how many uh, young fans were at the game. Um, basically, my my nephew, Miles, was mascot. You might have all seen my ugly mug up on the, um, the big screen because they used a photo of him from my wedding in the summer. Um, but yeah, bless him, Miles. He, he's still quite Did young you get married, man. like? Uh, yeah. No, funny enough, I've not mentioned it I had no choice to mention that because I had to explain why you used the bloody photo. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was nice to to see him out there. on The mascot, he, he, he was maybe a little bit too young. He was quite shy, to be honest. But he, he yeah, seemed to I, enjoy I, it. I think I said
2: to you, I think there was there was a lass who was a mascot, uh, yeah. sort of put her arm out to just guide him along, which was nice to see. Yeah, t-
1: t- she did. She did a lovely big, job. Big, she was, big
2: shout out to whoever she was.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, i have not got a copy of the program with me, so I can't pick her name up. But well done to her. Re- really, really good to see the way she helped Miles as well. But um, it was funny because. He had to wear a goalkeeper kit because it was an issue trying to get a kit in his size in the club shop than typical area, isn't it? Really? Absolute shambles of their kit size and stuff like that. I got him a size six to seven kit. And bear in mind, he only turns five next week and it didn't fit. It, it was too, you know, it was going to be too small for him within like a month or two. So it was like ugh, ridiculous. But there you go. Um, but yeah, so. Um, It was just a good day out for him. I think he really enjoyed it actually in the end. You know, yeah, he was a little bit shy, but funny because he had his goalkeeper kit on. They put him with Thomas Holy coming down the tunnel. This tiny (laughs) little five year old coming down the tunnel with his six foot nine giant. And my brother got a video, and there's a brilliant photo of uh, Thomas bending down and giving a big thumbs up to the camera while he stood there. But, uh, but yeah, the players all really looked after him as well. I think they recognised he was a little bit nervous and stuff. And it's a fantastic thing that they do. The club really is one of the... you know We always say on the community side, they do a lot of good stuff, the club, don't they, really? So it's uh, yeah, yeah. so well done to that. Big shout out to Miles as well for nearly taking out Jaden Harris during the warm-up. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't he was really interested in kicking the ball about on the pitch. He was sat by the side of the pitch, but when he saw us on the other side, he came running across. And he was... He must have been a couple of feet away from smashing into Jaden Harris, who was running across the pitch at the same time. But he fell on his backside just before he got to Harris, thankfully. So uh, that would have been a bit controversial, to say the least. But, uh, but yeah, great. Lucky mascot on the end. He touched the uh, match ball as well beforehand. So maybe we'll have to get him to do that every match. There you go. Right. Before we get to the second half, Dan, League Two roundup. Um, it's another week, another late in Orange win, isn't it? <laughs> Can't yeah. stop them, aren't they? Like I said, it, it's it's a testament to getting a good manager in sometimes, isn't it, and getting the right setup for them because they've not made a massive signings in the summer. I don't think Orient and, and look at them. You know, I'm hearing names like Omar Beckles. He's been there for ages, and, and people like that. So they, you know, he's clearly worked with what they've got, added a bit of extra to it, and got them performing brilliantly, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, uh, well he he's going from strength to strength. You know, uh, he got the Manager of the Month, didn't he?
1: Uh, I, I mean, I presume I, he did. I, I can't think, see how they lost Yeah, I
2: think, <laughs> I think he did. And there's, there's been no curse or anything. And no. it's uh, it's set up very nicely for this weekend, isn't
1: it? Well, it has indeed, because Barrow won again somehow. I mean, they, they won at Newport. They've got an appalling record at home as well, touching the second half. Um, but yeah, that means this weekend, it's second versus first at Holker Street. Um, big, big game for them. Uh, the, the, I saw, um, I think there was a tweet from Adam Johnson, the Radio Cumbria commentator, saying how, their biggest crowdings coming back into the league was against us yeah, for the the Cumbrian derby, and yeah. uh, they're they're hopeful that they can maybe beat that. I'm not sure whether Orient will bring the full allocation all the way up, potentially for the game. But um, but yeah, good luck to them if they can do that. But uh,
2: I think they will. They're they're, they're getting good crowds and on.
1: It just I'm just thinking the fact that Barrow's a pen in the backside to get to at the best of times, yeah, isn't it? That's yeah. the problem. But the, but there you go. So yeah, no, great, yeah. You know, fair play to the pair of them, both, both flying high there in first and second place. Um, currently in third, obviously you've got Northampton town again, they're sort of moving a little nicely. Three, no win over Rochdale. Just can't buy a win at all, but we'll talk about that in a second. Bradford starting to find their feet under Hughes, aren't they? Getting a good mm-hmm. result, run of results together and partly helped by the form of one man. The, again, we'll talk about the XFL section once again this week, but, um, that's a fat, you know, five games without defeat now. And, uh, in those five games, four wins and a draw, so up to fifth place. There's always a feeling with Hughes that if he could get it going there, they would they would be all right, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, I've always said it for a few
2: seasons, but this, they are too big a club, aren't they? You know yeah. the the um, I'm just looking at the form. They drew at home to Crew, then they've won the next three league games. You know, yeah. and they went to Tranmere and won. They've they've, they've hammered Stevenage. Yeah who are uh, you know have yeah. been one of the pace setters uh... yeah
1: exactly it's only it's only Stevenage's second defeat of the season so you know yeah. yeah. us what you need to know that, that it's, a, it's a really really impressive result for them um, looking down the other end of the table do you reckon Mike Flynn's under pressure at Walsall that's what, seven games without a win now for them possibly uh, they're not doing well are they no I mean they've I'd... had a bit, a bit of investment in the summer but I mean Actually, when you look at them, what they're brought in... They, they know, started they the spotting. season
2: brilliantly. You know, yeah. they, they had a couple of wins. Uh, I think they beat Swindon in the League Cup. And since then, they've had three draws and lots of defeats. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Joe Riley's featured yet either, has he? He's I think he picked injured. up a knock,
1: didn't he, in pre-season. Yeah. Which I mean, we've said this before, if he gets a Riley can't be out for periods. Mm. Can we? we were quite lucky in that he didn't have He, he hasn't played a
2: league game for them yet, no.
1: Yeah, so that that's a, a bit of a worrying sign for them mm. as well. So, yeah, you imagine you might get a little bit more time, but I mean, once you get to like double figures of games without a win, that's when mm. you know there's no much no choice but to say the pressure's on, isn't it? So uh, yeah, so yeah, there you go. A
2: couple yeah. of uh, managerial changes as well, Colchester and
1: Hartlepool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, down at the <laughs> Colchester, Colchester, point the replacement yet? I don't think they have yet, have they? But Wayne Brown, I've not noticed
2: so, it. they have.
1: I mean. Surely they're not going to go for an internal appointment this time. Surely they're looking on the outside because that's what I, I think is something like six of the last, sort of like six, the last six or seven appointments they've made have been internal appointments as replacement managers. They've got to look from the outside now, surely, because they've been struggling down the bottom for about yeah. two or three, three or four seasons, aren't they? It's it's a tough one for them. I don't see as You mentioned there they've still not won a game and. Paul Hartley's not really been given the time to sort things out there. I mean, the problem with that is that it's easy enough, you know, sacking him. And to be fair, I mean, yeah, they've lost five, but they've also drawn four. So, you know, they've not... They must have been close in at least a few of those games. And yet here they are. <laughs> now without a manager, obviously, with a manager, but we'll talk about him in the in the second half. Um, the rot set in for them last season, though, didn't they, really? Towards the end of last season, they were, they were really struggling, weren't they?
2: Yeah, uh, it's just not getting anywhere for them, is it?
1: No, absolutely not. Not I mean, at we, all. I mean, with we've, we've Rochdale, I mean, look, looking at who they played at the weekend, um, I'm just looking through the results, i trying to find it now, they're Northampton, so I mean, that's another one of those games after having played Orient the week before, where you think, to say, all right, maybe we're going to have to take a hit here, probably a bit disappointed to lose 3-0, but potentially, you know, there's still time for um, Bentley to turn things around there. Neil Harris, though, he might be under a little bit of pressure. Of Gillingham soon, and my my prediction of them as a unexpected struggler, looking quite a good one at the moment, really, isn't it? Because yeah, nine games in, six points, one win, mm. it's not looking great, is it? I mean, losing to Mansfield, teams will do that, you know, they're a good team, but it sounds like they're just offering no threat going forward, doesn't it? So, could be could be a tough old uh, few weeks for for Harris there. I think it's fair to say. Mm. Right, I think that sums up the uh, League Two roundup. I mean, at the moment, United sitting in thirteenth place. We can sort of start talking about the table now, can't we? It's about eight games in. But obviously, we've got that game in hand. So if we win that game in hand, we we jump up to the very least eighth because we'd overtake Grimsby or The game we're playing, the team we're playing from the game in hand. Yeah, so, I, th- I think I yeah. think
2: once we've played midweek, I think uh, are we, we are we the only team playing midweek. We are.
1: We will be because yeah, we the only. And one that'll
2: team. be everyone on ten. So that's sort of like your first pointer indicator isn't it really
1: yeah absolutely I say
2: 10 to 12 games
1: yeah yeah definitely right well uh let's uh take a little break then and we'll be back with the second half of the show
4: hi it's morgan feeney and you're listening to the brunt and bugle
1: feeney 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 yeah there you go the, the big man uh settling in now in that right hand side of the uh, defense role i think it's fair to say yeah pretty happy yeah. With what he's doing yeah, yeah definitely as much complete as so I no. There you go. Right, into the second half of the show. Um Dan, you've not got a question to me you, because you've been trying to g- compile one, haven't you? The, the yeah, I'm, you've got to I'm check
2: Compiling one and I can't I haven't had time to finish it off basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's fair enough. So you've got but a fact I do for it, I do you?
2: have a random fact that is slightly Carlisle tinged and features Newport. On the 18th of September. 2010 a certain pair of twins became the first twins to manage against each other in the top five divisions of english football dean was manager of newport (sighs) county and Uh. was manager of mansfield town newport won the match one nil
1: that's the Holdsworth twins. That's as much as I'm saying. Yes, thank you. I'll have to make a note there to put in the uh, the, the, the noise. I think it's fair to say. Um, well, interesting fact that Dan. Thank you very much. I, did, I didn't even know that was the case. Um, right, behind enemy lines section. This week, we spoke to Ian from the 1912 Exiles uh, Newport County podcast. Um, covered quite a few topics with uh, Ian. It was a really good chat, actually. Um, talked about how they've uh, coped after Mike Flynn's departure last season. How Ozzy Zanzala is uh, getting on, Uh, answer is he's not really getting on because he's not really playing much. Um, And most importantly, have they sorted out their infamous pitch problems at Rodney Parade? Uh, Here's the chat I had with Ian earlier in the week. So on this week's Behind Enemy Lines section, I'm joined by Ian, who's from the 1912 Exiles podcast, which is obviously a Newport County podcast. Um, Ian, this marks your 10th season back in League Two. You're the joint longest serving team alongside Mansfield Town. Do you feel like the club is now very much established as a league club again? Because obviously there was a good, I think it was a like 20, 25 year period where you obviously were out of the league and in exile, as your nickname suggests. Um, do you feel now like you are a proper football league club?
4: Yeah, thanks for reminding us that it was 25 years out. <laughs> they, they were very, very painful times. Um, I, I do. I think that we are, you know, we're a fan run club now. We feel stable, I think. Um you know, we we're not we're never going to be the biggest club in the world, um, but we feel it feels very much as if we're on on an even keel. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize actually that we were the second longest sort of uh, League Two club, which is a bit of a weird thing. But you know, we've had some good times in that as well. We've had some good cup runs. We've we've got two to playoff finals in the last few years. So you know, I think the club is ambitious, but I think we're we're trying to grow. You know, within the means that we have, and I think that is. For many clubs of our, you know, down where we are, I think that is the way to go. So I'm really happy if you'd have have said to me, you know, when I was bouncing around in uh, whatever dreadful league we were playing in, (laughs) you know, if you'd have said to us, we could have 10 years back in the football league happily, I'd have bitten your hand off. So yeah, I feel good and I feel we are pretty stable and and hopefully uh, here to stay or or maybe go up one year.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because when we we were had our one season in the uh, what was the conference then, not in the national league. Yeah, when you go to some of the places like uh, no offense to these clubs, Lyari, the Tamworth, I mean Dagenham, I suppose became a league club as well, but places like that and you near know, Farnborough, you think to yourself, oh, this doesn't feel right. And then obviously we got back at the first attempt, So it it is quite a relief when you get back. And like I said, I, I don't really know you guys as a as a league club until you sort of came back in this time because. I'm a little, just a little bit too young from, from my time watching Carl to watch it. One of our hosts, actually, Dan, does remember you guys being in the league because I think he's been following them about 10 years longer than me. So he could remember your first time round where obviously things sadly uh, went belly up towards the end. Um, let, let's talk about Mike Flynn then. He, a uh, Newport legend, obviously, you know, Yep. player and coach. Yep. You know, someone did perform miracles when he first took over and Definitely. did an incredible job to to keep you up near the top end of the table for much of his time in, in charge. He basically decided last season, didn't he, that he felt he'd taken the club as far as he could and it was time yeah. for someone else to have a go. Is there just that tinge of disappointment there, though, that he just couldn't quite get you over the line and get you up into League One?
4: I, I, I think everybody yeah. feels that and felt it at the time. I mean... You know, when we got to the first playoff final, we were thinking, "Wow, you know, this is our chance." And then, you know, we lost with the last kick of the game at the end of extra time. Um, the Tranmere, fair play to them. So, yeah, you know, I think going back to Wembley that second time, you know, um, t- you know, two years ago with, with well, you know with Flinney, you know, that was the that was the real chance. I, I think I went to Wembley that time really confident we were going to beat Morecambe and go up, and then again we lost in the last minute, and it was like, "Oh my god!" And I think probably at that stage. Probably the club and Mike should have departed. You know, gone their separate ways at that time. I think because I thought I'm not sure his heart was in it really. Then after that, to try and have another go. You know, he he kept he kept us up. You know, did the great escape when we were 11 points adrift and kept us up. We had the cup runs, two envy playoffs. He probably couldn't have done any more. So he probably should have gone after that playoff win, really a playoff defeat. But he kept going for a bit, and then it sort of petered out really. So you know he he goes with everybody's best wishes you know you know he's a he's a newport legend and, and you know we all love him but you know sometimes you have got to move on haven't you and he, he chose to do that not the club and he, he walked and then we've got another newport legend in he was having a bit of a tough time but he's even more of a legend in a way he's got more connections with Newport almost than mike to be honest
1: well yeah you you mentioned this when we were trusting before this is our second attempt to record this by the way anyone listening we had a we had some issues the first time round but um James Rober, yeah, so your new manager, well, I'll say new manager, he's been in charge for a year now, obviously the man who replaced Flynn. Um, yep. How is he viewed by the fans? Because he, he seems to be one of these coaches that's been very highly thought of for quite a few years, and, and he, he's done some good stuff last season, but sometimes it can be a struggle for those sort of coaches, can't it, to, to, to transfer that potential and knowledge into a head coach? Because it's a lot different than being, you know, your development coach who works with, players on the techniques and stuff like that, to being the one who's, responsible for motivating them and yeah you know, having to deal with any issues that come up as well
4: yeah I mean I, I think that when he was appointed I think the board did a really good job of not rushed not panicking so Flynn's assistant Hastwell, who has gone with him now to Walsall you know he stayed for a few weeks to just keep the steady the ship while the, the board had a look around and I think that you know when you're a club of our level You've got two choices, really, haven't you? You've got to go for the sort of the old war horses who've been around for a while and sort of know their onions. Or you've got to look at someone new and, and progressive who hasn't cut their teeth much anywhere. And I I was I, and I think I certainly our pod, and I think most of the fan base was really happy with the Roby choice yeah. because of his connections to the club. You know, he's Newport, born and bred. He's still he's lived in the city even when he was first team coach at um Cardiff, dare I mention their name. <laughs> um and you know, when he was working for the for the FAW as one of their coaches, he's always lived in the town. It's, he, you know, he was a ball boy for us when we were in the non leagues. When he was like five years old, you a mascot. And you know, his dad and granddad played for us, so he's a massive. He is he is Mr. Newport in a way. But you know, you you, it's absolutely right. It's his first proper manager's job, and it's a different it's a different thing. Now we all said on our pod last year when we appointed him. There's going to come a time when he's going to have a tough a tough run, isn't he? And his question is how we learn from that and how, and how we can get through that. We're in that tough run now, to be honest, because last year we played some absolutely brilliant football. I was amazed at the, what he did in turning the club around in terms of the style of play. You know, I've been going for 40-odd years. I went to Carlisle many times back before we got kicked out of the league. Um, and it's nice to be able to come back and, and go there again. Um, but... He 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 was played some really good football last year, some of the best I've seen in forty years. Odd, and but it, it slightly collapsed at the end of last year, and it hasn't really got going again this year. So we are in a bit of a we're in a bit of a sticky sticky patch, to be honest with you. And I'm surprised there's that much gnashing of teeth from the fans from our fan base. I'm surprised you haven't heard it up in uh, up in Carlisle, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's almost like a bit of a mirror there with Carlisle. Obviously, we've got Paul Simpson as our manager. Yeah, Carl, born and bred played for the club for a season obviously became player manager and achieved incredible things and I'm not 100% sure where, I imagine he probably was a Bobby he definitely went to games when he was younger his uncle played for us as well so it just goes to show you know the, the, it, slight similarities there between the two clubs isn't there um, got to talk about Dom Telford you lost him mm. uh, in the summer um,
4: to, the, to the crypto bros of Crawley
1: yeah um, in, in one sense a lot of people on the outside are probably look and think oh it's a bit of a big blow that isn't it for Neaport but was there always a thing because we, we got this from the outside and, and we said in our pub, we we thought he was probably going to be the biggest flop of the season mm, there's mm. always a feeling that his form was a little bit of a flash in the pan moment he was just everything all the conditions were right for him at Newport when it happened and he probably won't score that many goals again in a season
4: I I, I agree with that I I think that I mean certainly the manager changed because Flynn wasn't playing him you know Flynn mm. was looking to ship him out on loan so he didn't play yeah. under Flynn even though Flynn brought him in from um, from Plymouth he didn't play for him. Um, it was only when Roby took over, and you know, and this is a sign of his ability to to coach, I think, and to, to improve yeah. players. Um, that he 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 got him, and then he once we got um, Finnazaz and and um, Cooper and Kane, our sort of fizzy midfield, as we called them last year, our lone mm-hmm. players that we that we brought in, he developed this system that you know really suited you know playing. Um, Playing, playing for him and alongside Courtney Baker-Richardson, who we also lost to who's gone to crew. So it, it was a really good formation and it worked really well. And, and I put a lot of that down down to Roby. So although he's getting some flat now, Roby, people need to remember that what he did for Telford, and he's yeah. done nothing since he's gone to Crawley, has he? So I, I, I wasn't – everyone wanted him to stay, obviously, but I wasn't wildly upset that he that he went because – you know, I, I, I think it was a little bit of a is he gonna score twenty five goals every season? Probably not. And I I'd be surprised if he gets it he Gets it down at Crawley. So we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. But I, I think he had his best year with us and that's it.
1: I think it's one of those ones of a player like him as well, sometimes you've just got to take the opportunity of that big contract, that one chance you get at his age, don't you, to, to sign a deal that's probably better than any other people for him, you know. He's got I a think... three year deal. He's got a three year yeah. deal.
4: Who gets that at our level and probably on probably on far more money than we were ever going to be able to pay him. So you can't begrudge someone of that. You can't begrudge him that. And I wish him well, but I don't think he's going to score the goals that he scored for us. Okay.
1: Well, um, I'm going to ask you about Ozzy Zanzala now. Um, How's he getting on for you? Because he he took his time to find his feet with us. He was, uh, he, he, there was quite a lot of fans who, and to be honest, some of us on our podcast, probably me included, would have quite happily shipped him out after about seven or eight games because he, he looked hopeless. And then he hit a, a real streak of form to end of, that, end of that season. Only to then jump ship to Barrow in the summer, which obviously didn't make him an overly popular person. With our fans. <laughs> he managed to fall out with them at Barrow. And he obviously ended up at Exeter in the last season and got promoted with them. Yep. He's now jump ship again to come to you guys.
4: Yeah. Uh, has He's he injured.
1: He's injured. Well, there you go. That uh, probably sums
4: that, it all, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's one of our issues because because we've signed we signed um, Omar Bogle, who looks a real player at this level, um, and the idea was to have um, you know uh, Bogle and Zanzalo as the front two, which I think would be really good. And they've only played one game together, which was the opener at Sutton, and they looked they looked decent. Together. I was down at that, and they looked really decent for that, and. Um, I was quite excited to to see that, you know, Zanzala had the the, the pace and the legs and the and the running and, and Bogle looked a real a real handful and you know he has to be fair he scored you know quite a few you know, we're struggling but he's scored quite a few goals already this season. Mm-hmm. So but unfortunately I think in this the second game or third game um Zanzala got injured and I think he's gonna be out probably still for another couple of weeks, I think it is. So you're not gonna see him, he's not gonna return to haunt you.
1: Well, he he didn't do it for um for Barrow last season. He managed to miss an absolute sitter against us, actually. So, uh, so yeah, um, it's just to you know that he's injured, then there. So, a little bit of a shame not to see him again. But there you go. Um, I wish he was out there. We could do with him. <laughs> um, I, mean, I I can't do a chat with you guys asking about the Rodney Parade pitch. Now, this is something yeah. that's been a bit of a, a bone of contention for League Two fans for quite a while. I have to say, the last season or so, it's looked a lot better have the problems been resolved and how frustrating is it I think you share it with two rugby clubs don't you rather than just one well so, this is the big yeah. change
4: so last last year last last season it was an absolute carpet brilliant and won yeah. the one lead two year pitch of the year I think um or the grandson one groundsman of the year something like that now it appears touch wood we've solved the problem um and that's partly one of the reasons why we changed our style of football because Flynn, Flynn under on the sandpit had to be incredibly pragmatic. You couldn't right. play football on it. Now we've got a proper surface. Um, you know it, it it means that we can play football, but it also means other clubs can as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, what happened? Yeah, we used to have two rugby clubs and us, and you just can't. You know where we are, we right. get plenty of rain. You can't. It just can't sustain it. So one of those rugby clubs has moved out. The, the Welsh Rugby Union who own the ground, which is another whole. We could have a whole pot on that and the contentiousness around that but they own the ground they put some money in to re properly redo the pitch this time and they did that at the start of last year which meant that our first four or five games were, were all played away last oh, season I I remember that, yeah but but that and I was like well let's see what help holds up once the once the Welsh wet weather gets on it <laughs> and it held up really well so so and again this season it looks it looks absolutely pristine so there should be certainly for this Saturday there'll be no problems at all with the pitch. It's, it's Those problems are behind us, he says confidently.
1: <laughs> I mean, the ground itself, as you mentioned, the fact that it's owned by Welsh Rugby, and I'm, I'm guessing you don't want to go into a huge amount of detail on this because it probably would take quite a while. But is there of ambitions to potentially develop the ground? Because it... It is one of those ones that does look quite basic, doesn't it? In, yeah. In the, in the in the nicest respects, not quite as bad as Holker Street, let's put it that way. Um, but it it looks a, it's a mishmash, isn't it? And it's like, it's got character, but it's it's not quite. It's probably just about football league standard, isn't it? In places. yeah, yeah.
4: I think the main the main stand, which is the the Hazel Stand, I think yeah. that's the oldest. I think it dates back to something like eighteen seventy one. I think I think right. it's the oldest yeah. ground of of sports ground in it, like in the in the UK. I think so. Oh. And it feels a bit old, <laughs> yeah. And, and so there's been bits of development, but obviously because it's 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 always been primarily a rugby ground, you know that hasn't lent itself to having like you know ends, you know. So the away yeah. end is a bit temporary, and all, it, so it is a bit it is a bit unique. Let's put it that way, and a bit a bit a bit odd. And I think yes, there is ambitions to improve that ground. But it's all tied into the ownership of, you know, we share it with the with, with the Newport Went Dragons, who were the sort of regional rugby club yeah. who and it's owned by the Welsh Rugby Union, who own all of the regional rugby clubs. It's a very strange setup. Mm. We've we've had a whole pod on this, and what we would like to see is some sort of way that the council the, the dragons and ourselves, you know, could could, could take over that club because there's room for development. You could you could put a hotel behind one of the ends. You could you know you could do some really interesting stuff yeah. with it. But you know how and when that's going to happen? And you know, being a support run club, we you know we're not we're not sitting on millions of pounds in our bank account. So yeah. how we do that is going to be a challenge. But it's a worry for us because in in a year or so's time, I think it is our lease is up. So there's a lot of conversations about well, what happens then? So that's a big unknown for us. The, the, mm. the, the, you know, what happens with the ground? What happens? Where can we play? This is the fifth home ground that I've seen us play at, which must wow. be unique. So <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, it's it is home and I just hope we can get I hope we can take it on with the dragons and, and make it better than it is.
1: Well, but it's, it's all th- we've got. You say it's the fifth you think it's unique because it's the fifth home ground you've seen them play at. Right. Yeah. So I think I can just about beat that, because I've seen Carl play at Brunton Park. Yeah, and then obviously when we got flooded in two thousand five, we played an FA Trophy game at Workington's Borough Park. Okay, we also played a game at in that season in the FA Trophy against Barnet at Christie Park, Morecambe's All Ground. And then when we got flooded again in 2015-16, uh, we played home games at Deepdale, Blackpool, and Blackburn. So six, six, and ten. that is
4: impressive. That is impressive. We,
1: we is almost, impressive. we almost also had the. Uh, it would have been an incredible feat to do. Um, we nearly played a home game at Gretna in Scotland. Wow. So we would have played yeah. a home game in a different country, basically, because yeah. that was one of the FA, I think it was actually a, a National League game against Lee and it was going to be played there, but it was called off due to snow. And by the time the, uh, the snow and everything had gone the the ground was fixed again anyway so we just played it at home so
4: i i love that i didn't i didn't know that but i knew about some of the flooding but i didn't know there'd been that much yeah i guess it's... the thing with us was we had to play whole seasons and stuff in different yeah all over the place <laughs> because of the <laughs> little bit different of Welsh FA and stuff but yeah <laughs> but it's been a been a journey
1: yeah well um before we finish up and we get some predictions um just for all the Calavans going down who's the danger to watch out for in your squad then so you mentioned Omar Bogle already is a handful up front, but is anyone else? I there's a
4: there's a lad we've got on loan from Bournemouth called uh, Nathan Mariah Welsh mm-hmm. who who plays in midfield and he looks he looks a real player. Um, so you know he, he he's one of those people who hopefully a bit like Azaz and, and those we brought on last year and developed. Yeah. He, he looks he looks really good. Um, and um, the other one we've got is a lad i am not sure, hundred percent certain—he's going to play. But um, Evans, who we brought—we we brought out from the uh, Welsh League, he yes, looks a good, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah—he he, he looks a really good player as well, who, who I think will develop with us. So I'd say Evans and um, Mariah Welsh are the two outside Bogle to keep to keep an eye on. Yeah, because
1: I think a lot of our fans will be aware of like uh, is it Matty Dolan, because he's, he's someone who's yeah. always really impressed me every time we played against you guys. He's a really good footballer, isn't he? So, uh,
4: I think so, but if uh, the fans aren't happy with him at the minute, Ooh. too slow, yeah, they're saying too slow and all this sort of stuff, so, um, that, but I'm a Dolan fan. So. <laughs> I was going to
1: say, I don't think I've seen him have a duff game against us, and our record against you guys is not great, especially uh, down in Newport, at least, anyway. Um, Ian, I won't keep you too much longer, so uh, just to sum things up, what's your prediction for the weekend?
4: Well, we're desperate for a win, I'm gonna be honest with this. some of some of the some of the lads have said all you've got to all you lot gotta do, I've heard you're a very attacking side. All you've got to do is keep a clean sheet till half time. We'll make a mistake, you'll win. But but that's, so you couldn't play us at a better time. The we miss a of lot is, of
1: sitters. We miss Yeah, well the, the flip we side
4: to that is we need a win. So I think they're gonna come out fired up on, on, on Saturday. Um I could see it being a fairly open but scrappy game if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um chances probably t- taking a missed at both ends. Um I I I really want Robree to 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 succeed so I'm I'm pinning this one on him and I think we're going to we're going to squeak it 2-1. Ooh,
1: well, there you go. Ian, thanks very much for your time and all the best for the Pleasure rest Lee. of the season. All the best
4: weekend. for the season just not this Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Cheers. Cheers mate. Bye now.
1: Okay, thanks once again to Ian for giving up his time to speak to us. A really good chat there. It's a, it's a weird one, Newport, isn't it? Because I I don't remember much. Obviously, I don't have memories of them as a football league club first time round because I'm too young. I didn't go to watch Carla games when we played against them in the old Division 4, my first game, 95. And by that point, they were working their way back up the pyramid Yeah, yeah. reformed. You can remember them as a lower league team can't you from Carlisle playing yeah, yeah. back then and yet when they came up into the league I just thought of them oh football league club I didn't really think, you know when you look at some clubs you look at Salford you think they're a non-league club aren't they really Harrogate non-league club Newport I always just thought oh it's football league club makes sense really it's a big big biggish place you know decent fan base ca- they can capture there so yeah I, mean, I don't know what you, your thoughts are when, when they came back into the league and I've actually I know what your thoughts are on Welsh clubs in the league. Actually, so maybe not the best person to ask. But... Put them
2: all back in the league of Wales. Yeah,
1: exactly. But, yeah. but no, Cardiff, seriously, but...
2: Swansea, Wrexham,
1: they feel but, like a proper no... club, don't they?
2: Yeah, they are. They are. They've, uh, they've had a bit of a cup tradition in recent seasons yeah. as well, haven't they? You know, they've done excellent through that. But uh, you know, like we said, uh, at the top of the show, they're treading water a bit in this league. They've been unlucky a couple of times.
1: You know, it's, so. it's difficult making that next step. And I think, as as Ian was mentioning, the fact that they don't own their ground as well. It's uh, the Welsh Rugby that own it and trying to get it renovated and stuff like that is is, is a real challenge. So I that's the difficulty since sometimes when you come up and you can't do those sort of things. And then you see like a Salford that, are you know, building their little ground and they're potentially moving into, you know, what sales sharks ground and sharing with them, the AJ Bill. And then you look and you think, oh, if Newport could do something like that, they'd be getting, de- they could be getting, you know, six, seven thousand crowds there easily. Surely you'd think, potentially, if they got themselves up to, into League One. And you see Salford. I mean, I'm, I'm getting off on a point here, really, I Really, but, but, but there you go. Uh, well, let's talk about this weekend's game. Uh, the away pub, uh, recommended by the London Bunch, is the Wig and Pen, which is at 22 to 24 Style Hill, which is at the postcode NP21JD. Uh, This weekend's referee is Mr. Keith Stroud. When I saw this name, I thought to myself, why does that name seem familiar? I forgot he was a Premier League ref for a few seasons until I looked it up. I completely forgot. He's 53, so he's doing quite well to still be a a football league referee. You'd imagine it might be his last season this year. Um, It's his 19th season, Stroud, as an EFL referee. Um... He's taken charge of eight games so far this season, handing out forty-one yellows and two red cards, uh, both of which came in the same game, Burnley Blackburn, because uh, he, he actually is a championship level referee. So it's only he's only referee in this game because it's um, international weekend, isn't it? So he'll yes. drop down to this level basically to, to cover a game. Uh, last season he handed out one hundred forty-five yellow cards and five red cards in thirty-three games. So he is particularly card happy, at least four a game, maybe four and a half a game actually, isn't it? Eighty-five. Near, Last time he took charge of a United game, though, Dan, nearly ten years ago. To, it's basically eleven years and ten months, basically, since he last took charge of a United game, which was the uh, trip to Shrewsbury Town in December 2012. Uh, Shrewsbury ran out two-one winners. Liam Noble scored United's goal, and he handed out two bookings: one to a uh, Shrews player and one to Lee Miller. United strike force that evening, Dan, or that day. Lee Miller and Joe Garner. Obviously, can say well, Lee Miller. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, he's one of them. Yeah, it was a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah, but blimey, that, that, that's a partnership and half, isn't it? You get mm. a bit of a bruising there as a defender. You'd think. Head to head record, it's going to be the twenty seventh meeting between the two sides, including obviously the the, the previous carnation of um, uh, Newport and uh, yeah. So I,
2: the, the, as as a dedicated stat,or this annoys me because it is twenty well,
1: seventh meeting. I think actually it is because I think there's some sort of weird legal precedent on this one that it actually it is technically the old club still. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. strange one, well, this one. So, um, not a great record though. Uh, well, seven... that,
2: that club badge has both years on it,
1: doesn't exactly, it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, there's, uh, seven wins to United, eight draws and 11 wins for the exiles. And great nickname that the exiles actually, to be fair. That's a really nice one. I wonder what their nickname was before they, um, had to reform. Cause I think that's where the nickname came from. It was an interesting one. Um, their manager James Robry, he's one of these uh, sort of young and upcoming coaches, wasn't he? Who, um, he was working in the setup at Cardiff. I think he's been at the football association for Wales as well for quite a bit. He's not really got had a playing career of any note, but really well thought of. It can be tough for those. I, I mentioned this in the interview with uh, chat with um, Ian. It can be tough for those sort of coaches, can't it? Because it's a different environment to being like a development coach and being someone who's really good tactically to then have to manage a group of players as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, just got rolling back to nicknames. Yeah, the highly unoriginal, the county.
1: Oh, there you go. The port, yeah,
2: or the Ironsides. Ah, oh, that's a good one.
1: That's a good one. That makes sense because mm. it's, it's big steelworks there, wasn't it, back in the yeah. day? So, uh, well, yeah, good stuff. Um, but yeah, for Roby, it, it, it's tougher. Coaches like that can't it, sometimes to, to go. It's a totally different environment to being like a, a tactically based sort of development sort of coach to them be managing a group of lads in the Football League.
2: Yeah, there's uh, there's obvious differences between development and real men's Saturday afternoon football. Yeah. Uh, you know, you for the start, you're going to be a lot harsher Yeah. in the uh, the real stuff. Shout a bit now and again, which you, you maybe don't do
1: as much with development because obviously you're trying to develop them and not uh, yeah. turn them off. You know? and the problem is if you get an experienced campaigner sat in that dressing room as well, if things start to go wrong, they're going to look things. And say, what the hell do you know? You've never played the game before. You're telling me yeah, to like this. Yeah, You've not yeah, been on the big, pitch. A big yeah. The risk isn't yeah. it? You've got to have a bit of success really, so you can just you can back yourself. Well, I've done this, this, and this. So, so there you go. So yeah, it's, it's a difficult one for him. Um, looking at their squad, Dan. Um, any really stand out for you? I mean, I think we mentioned this in preseason that we, Will Evans is an interesting one, signed from from Barla Town in the uh, the Welsh leagues, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, we always like that sort of signing, don't we, you know? Yeah. Uh, You're get
1: more of them in Newport, are you, than most clubs, I suppose, for there?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. New, Newport are quite handy, because, you know, they can they can look at the likes of Cardiff and Swansea for younger yeah. players who are getting released, you know, I think... Bristol I City think as well, can't in, you? They brought in Sam Bowen, and they've yeah. got Chankers in, on loan. You've yeah. got Bristol City as well, you know, there's... Yeah. They should have some decent. P- I
1: think they have over the years. Had, yeah, like, they've had some good up, ones. I think Finazaz yeah. last season was a good one, wasn't he? They had on last in Villa. Really impressive. Um, but looking through, and there's some experience campaigns still in there. He? Uh, Scott Bennett and Matt Dolan are the two that stand out, don't they? Matt, I, I said to, um, to Ian as well that I don't think I've seen Matt Dolan have a bad game against us. He always seems to be a decent player, doesn't he? He's one of the ones you think you would be quite handy to have in midfield here, actually, wouldn't he? But. Um, but yeah, he's decent. And Mickey a True as well in uh, in defence. Well, he's, he's always been a good performer. Omar Bogle up front, getting a few goals for them, isn't he? He seems to be settling in quite well there. He's one of those ones where he had such a great start at Grimsby and then he never quite repeated it after that, did he? And now he seems to have found his feet a little bit at this level again and and he's doing quite well there.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's one of those who, for me, is just. I've never. When I've seen him play. I've never been ultra amazed by him, but he seems to be clicking there. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think. He was at Cardiff, but he went out on loan a lot, wasn't he? And he was at Charlton and Doncaster. He was at Hartlepool, wasn't he? And it's yeah, he got the odd goal, but he just. I remember watching him. I think it was for Hartlepool, and I was like, "Is he? Is he all that?" But no, it's yeah. uh, you know, like say some of these players, it just clicks. At certain times, it seems to be clicking for him at the moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. It definitely seems to be making a bit of a difference for him, doesn't it? And I mean, the frustrating thing for them is obviously that Ozzy Zanzala has been out injured since pretty much the first game, unfortunately. So they've not been able to strike up a a partnership. I think they played that first game together and they looked lively, and then since then he's been out injured. Mm. So it's been really tough for them. And I mean, Zanzala, as I mentioned, I've mentioned this before, he, he takes a while to settle a club sometimes, doesn't he? and yeah. then ends up leaving after six months. And you think he's like, <laughs> he needs to find a club and settle down, really, doesn't he? That's the thing. And you do yeah. wonder how often it is, an, is, is an agent getting in his ear and saying, no, oh, you you should be getting a better deal, you should be getting this. Well, that. I think
2: um, I think that's been half-proven by the amount of times he's
1: moved on already. Yeah, I mean, think that, that that's fairly telling, isn't it? I think it's fair yeah, to say. Definitely. But yeah, so, so squad-wise, it, 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 you know, good mix of experience with some younger and upcoming players there, especially the ones they've had on loan. So mm. wouldn't be, I mean... I, they're struggling a little bit at the moment, but I, I can't see them being dragged into trouble. To be honest, I think that at the very least. No, be I think, think they have
2: got enough. You know, they've got they've, they've got like you say, Bennett. You know, players like Dimitri who have been about. You know the.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, last time out, well, they played our uh, county neighbours, Barrow, didn't they? And they, and they lost two nil to to the high flying Bluebirds. Uh, Josh Gordon got a, a brace, including a second half penalty in that game. Um, yeah. And that,
2: I... I heard Adam from Radio Cumbria, the Barrow yeah. summariser, and I got the impression that up until Barrow scored on half time, yeah. Newport fairly battered them. They just mm. they couldn't couldn't convert anything, and I I don't think they had actually they had the game. They just didn't convert anything or create much with it.
1: Yeah, it could be could be frustrating that kind sometimes mm. and. Yeah, I think, like I said, for Newport this season, it, 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 I think it's about getting themselves a bit more stable again and, and building up. And someone yeah, like yeah. Roby not. When you look at. I think it's actually quite a strong division, actually, when you look at this season. When you look at the fact that, you know, even squads that you thought were quite good, like your tramways and, that, and are struggling to make an impact, it shows just how good some of the teams actually can be. So, yeah. yeah. It could be tough for them. And I, and I put ourselves amongst that. You know, we're, I think we're doing really well considering all the injuries we've had, which. Um, brings it on a bit well funnily enough I,
2: I was talking to uh, I've been out and about today I bumped into yeah. a lad who's a listener hiya Rob I'll give you a shout out and uh, he, uh, we, we were both saying you know when we have our best 11 available and our best bench available yeah. we'll give any team in this division a, a game 100%. we've said it before we'll say it again You know, yeah.
1: definitely absolutely and because of the fact we're still giving teams games when truth be told we're quite fit on the ground for attacking options right now yeah yeah yeah. Shows just how well we have played and how well drilled simo has got them.
2: I always say you don't, you don't, you don't win promotion in October and November.
1: No, you win it. You not. win
2: it in April. That's when you win definitely,
1: it. Definitely, definitely, and hopefully the work Simo's done to get the fitness of those players up mm. in terms of the you know, match fitness as much as anything will really help. Um, well, that brings us on. Nice. Let's talk about uh, United and injury-wise. Not a massive amount of change. Obviously, we're waiting to hear on. Amari Patrick and what happened with him in midweek. I mean, and as we're recording, Christy and Dennis as well. That, that's a that is a little bit worried, but it, mm. it, it sounded to me like that was a precaution not playing him. And I yeah, yeah, I hopefully a bit. It's what, hopefully it's one of those ones where maybe he's got a little bit of a niggle and he just thinks, you know what, I'll just play for it. I'll be but, fine. But
2: then you worry about playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. True,
1: yeah. true. So you imagine maybe maybe it'll be that Jack Strang gets his chance in one of those games. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you know, bit, certainly come off him. the bench a bit earlier or something. Big opportunity and potentially a big opportunity for Nick Ballardo as well because he could well feature mm. on the bench, couldn't he? And mm. you know, I so say we don't talk about the trophy game, but you know, both him and Ryan Carr made their debuts in that game. Congratulations yeah. to both of them, to be fair. And ho- hopefully, we'll follow up with a league game. We could probably talk about that before. Board, board,
2: board, boards well for them, though, doesn't it? You know, absolutely, yeah. And, and, and Paul, you know, Paul Simpson is, is, is a manager. I think Lummy was saying this on Radio Cumbria as well like that if, if, if young lads do impress, he will promote them and give <laughs> but, them a go.
1: But he won't just hand them off for fun, will he? They've no, no, not it. at all. No, yeah. not at all. Exactly that. Exactly that. So yeah, So, injury wise, that's where we are. Jamie Devitt, a little update on that. A uh, bit better news, isn't it? Than we expected. There was a worry he could be yeah. out to like February March, wasn't there? One point it was a real worry, yeah, but yeah. looks like it's is it like eight weeks. I think we've heard yeah, for him. Seven to eight weeks. So frustrating, I know, but hopefully that means he's back just in time for the for the busy Christmas period, and he'll give us a really good option there, won't he? Yeah, you know, to, in that role. So. Uh, that, that's a bit of encouragement, um, encouraging as well. I suppose the fact that um, Toby, um, Sho Silver, Ben Barkley, and Ryan Edmondson have both been doing a bit, all been doing a bit of running on the grass, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Still not clear when Edmondson's going to be back. Cause that we haven't. I don't think we've had a timescale on his, have we? Really? So I've been trying to find it, but I can't find mm. it anywhere. So hopefully not too long with him because we want to see him getting out there because he looks so good in oh, preseason. Yeah, yeah. And bear yeah. mind, he was playing with an injury in preseason. As well, if he fits,
2: he's had a very stop start, hasn't he?
1: So really frustrating as well that he recovered from that hip injury and then gets an ankle one in the first game back so nothing you can do about that I guess but there you go um, so yeah basically in terms of the lineup, it, it again it's a case of who's fit isn't it and if both Amari and let's say Amari and Christian are both injured what do you do I mean I suppose you start with maybe Jack Stretton and maybe play young you know, Sonny Hilton just off him as well maybe I was going to say be
2: right. does it bring, bring I mean I think Dennis will be fit. Patrick, yeah. 50-50, I'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, if Patrick is missing, I do mean, you... Do you bring Jack do you in or do you
1: go 4-3-3 three, three, and maybe put Hilton on one of the wings and Dennis on the other? Or you could still keep the wing
2: backs and sort of play 4. You'd have your 2 in the middle, Guy and Moxon with Gibson and Hilton sort of
1: wide-ish. Yeah, leaving yourself a little bit open, but then I suppose you mm-hmm. can play them as number 10s as well, Can not you? Two number 10s. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Plenty of options, but I mean, ho- hopefully they're both fit. That's that's the yeah. key thing, isn't it? So, there you go. Right, let's do predictions then, Dan. Um, so, uh, before we, we get on with those, uh, score-wise, it's uh, pretty much as as you are, isn't it? You've got one point ahead of me now, again, because uh, you predicted Callan Guy would score and Christian Dennis, so Well done on that one. Uh, I I predicted Christian Dennis, as I do every week, just to make sure I get my points. And Mike did as well. So we we all got a point last week. You got two. So you're on top with eight points. Mike's got, uh, sorry, I've got seven and Mike's got four. So what are you going for this weekend?
2: I'm going to go for a 2-1 win late on. I want to say Christian Dennis' fit (laughs) and scores, obviously. And I'm going to go Jordan Gibson's dual goal.
1: Okay, 2-1 with that As ball. Paul
2: Simpson was has been saying, you know, he deserves a goal. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, for mine, oh, what am I going to go with? That's the question. I'm going to go with a 2-0 win. And I'm going to go with goal scorers Owen Moxon. And... Oh, if you, I don't know if Mari's going to be fit. That's the problem. Uh, Christian Dennis. I mean, it's an obvious one, isn't it? I'm not, why change the habit of a lifetime? There you go. Uh, here's what Mike had to say in terms of his prediction.
2: So I'm back in a 1 0 win with Dennis getting the goal. <laughs>
1: So Christian Dennis scores, nothing changes. Basically, that's what's going to happen, isn't it? Basically, this week. There you go. Right, Dan. Let's go on to the XFL section. And uh, yeah, plenty to cover this week, isn't there? Go.
2: Yeah, a few goals kicking about and some other bit of news. Uh, Naki Wells scored in Bristol City's two-one defeat at Burnley. Ryan Loft scored again. He's got a few recently, hasn't he? Yeah. In um, Bristol Rovers, six-three home defeat to Lincoln. That's, that's some a, game. It's a balmy one, isn't it? Can you imagine Joy Barton after that?
1: Oh, he'd be raging, wouldn't he? He'd be raging. Andy
2: Cook's on fire at the moment. Two more in Bradford's impressive 3-0 win over Stevenage. He's still behind
1: uh, Sam Hoskins, isn't he, in top scorer, but he's yeah. closing in on him fast.
2: Yeah. Kedwin Scott scored again for Notts County. He seems to be finding his feet. Uh, 3-1 defeat at Dorkin. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a great story, the Dawkins one. There's it's some great, good articles.
1: It's a great story, but as a Notts County fan, you're thinking, oh, for God. Losing to Dorking and yeah. Wanderers, man, it's just... well. Wow. Gimme, yeah. gimme a goal
2: after three o'clock. Gimme two there. Scored for Yeovil yeah. in a two-old draw at Chesterfield. Daniel Duffy, you haven't mentioned him for a while, mm. uh, scored in Stranraer's 4-1 defeated Sterling Albion. And then off to the FA Cup, uh, Mark Beck scored a hat-trick. Darlington had a good 3-2 win over Southport. Mm. And Lewis Alexandra scored a hat-trick in South Shield's 5-0 win at Shildon.
1: I mean, you could never uh, imagine one, Lewis, ha- Lewis Alexander scoring a hat-trick for us, no, could you? No. Great player as he was. Yeah, well, well, yeah. well done, team.
2: And uh, one midweek that you forgot to put on the list, wow. Joe McKee ah, scored yes. for Dumbarton in a 3-2 defeat at wow. Uh A few bits of other news. James Trafford called up to the England Under 21 squad again after impressing for Bolton.
1: He's done really well season.
2: Jared what yes. a game. Uh PSV v. Feyenoord at the weekend, always a big game. Four yeah. three win for PSV. Branfleur scored his first goal and got man of the match and played the full ninety. And what a goal it is! It's oh, worth a,
1: looking up. Such a great corner move, isn't it? So it's like a low
2: corner. And yeah. It just come. It's very Zlatan esque, isn't it? Yeah. He just sort of flicks it with his foot
1: and, low hard and in. And it, sometimes you see those when you think, "Oh, that's just an accident. That's not meant." That was meant. That that's, was that's meant. A move. Yeah. that's really a training kind of, ground move. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Uh,
2: the, the aforementioned Gimme Ture was in the National League team of the week. Yeah. Uh, James Hooper has left Workington Reds. I uh, think the travel and work and that. Yeah. Uh,
1: they, they can put seven days in teams yeah. for players at that so, level. Someone's putting seven days in. We don't know who yet because I haven't seen the yeah, report yeah. anywhere. But yeah.
2: And a piece of managerial news that you've probably all seen. Yeah. A certain Keith Curl. Is
1: interim manager at Hartlepool. Interesting though, that is. It's almost like I almost wonder if it's almost a little trial basis, like okay, try try before you buy, isn't it? Come in and and Curl's the kind of man where he's fine because if he comes in and if it's still bad, he'll just say it's a mess. I can't do anything with it. can I? He can walk away and say it's not recoverable. Whereas if he starts to turn things around, he gets the job and he'll he'll probably be quite happy, won't he? So
2: certainly makes our trip in two weeks a bit more interesting. And have you seen his breaking news? Yeah. There are going to be no trains to Hartlepool on the 8th of October uh, because there is a train strike. I am declaring a vested interest, so I'm making no further comment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, One thing we actually should add in that, Keith Gilbert, is uh, who his coaching staff are going to be? Mr. Colin West. And, and Anthony uh, Sweeney, yeah, Anthony Sweeney returned to for a mm. coaching role because he he had a coaching role. He left, didn't he? And then he's obviously yeah. coming back now. So Sweeney's going to be the first team coach, and uh, Colin West he's a is going to assist. Legend
2: at Hartlepool, isn't he? Sweeney? I
1: think Colin West was it Hartlepool for a bit, wasn't he? As mm. well, I'm sure he mm. used to be an assistant there. Was he under Chris Turney, he Was assistant or something like that? Yeah, I think. possibly. Seems yeah. to ring a bell. But yeah, so uh, getting the band back together, isn't he? Uh, Mr. Curl, so there you go, that's that's the x section section this week, thanks very much Dan and uh, that's this week's episode done uh, thanks once again to our sponsors, The London Branch um, yeah uh, another good episode wasn't it Dan, <laughs> got got through mm. it all um,
2: we're yeah. going to
1: squeeze a Grimsby one out
2: midweek aren't we
1: yeah, oh, that sounds a bit dodgy that doesn't it um, yeah.
2: squeeze
1: so, yeah. a Grimsby out Ooh. so yeah, so we're, we're going to try and get a Grimsby preview done on uh, Sunday I'm going to be doing a bit with the Grimsby podcast as well I think at the weekend and they're going to yeah. do a bit for us as well which is Always good to see. We're going to get that done early next week. And then we've got the crew preview now. We're going to have to see how we're going to fit this one in because uh, i'm going to be up in cumbria on thursday and friday we've
2: got, and... we've got a busy couple of days haven't we doing a yes. bit of stuff so we're going to get we're not going to say a...
1: what we're going to get a couple of special episodes sorted for you all over yes, the Thursday, friday, So interesting people to talk to and stuff yeah it should be really good if we can get that sorted so we're going to yeah. we're probably gonna to have to try and fit in the crew preview on the wednesday if possible not we'll to see what our uh, schedules are like we might well even just pack it into the Grimsby one as well, possibly it might end up being that. So uh you yeah. might get your you preview episode a little bit earlier yeah. than usual this week for the for the weekend game. But uh so yeah so the, so all looking good Dan isn't it really at the moment, you know? Yeah. Go along well. Still only can't one defeat played. And uh, like I said that one defeat we had was a game where we just didn't play well did we? And got yeah. beat by a decent team. So can't grumble at all. Uh yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um uh, we'll be back uh obviously early next week with the Grimsby Preview uh and up the blues. Up the
0: blues <laughs>